Welcome to The Vanderpoint. Please join your hosts, Jessica Vanderkoy and Rachel Pointer, as they challenge each other and have critical conversations about disrupting and dismantling the systems that fuel human trafficking. I'm going to do like a little like spinny, spinny thing here. You know what pisses me off about people who put survivor led on their trifolds, pamphlets, website, and then really aren't survivor led because um, what pisses me off, and this was actually a situation that happened to me and I was approached about doing it and, and in my wisdom did not, was the infamous survivor-led advisory board. (laughs) Right. So I remember this being proposed. It was actually written in a grant in a program that I was overseeing. And I remember going, okay, advisory board, what does the advisory board do? Well, you know, survivors will get together and then they'll talk about, you know, what they, what they want or what their experiences have been with each other. And then, and then, okay, well then they make suggestions um, on how we need to change or improve. Well, yeah, I mean, of course they do. Okay. Um, will we have the ability from a funding perspective, from a decision-making perspective to be able, the authority to be able to implement any of those things? Well, probably not. I mean, our funding's limited and, you know, um, so that's probably not going to work. Right. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Is it sounding familiar? Yeah. Way too familiar. <laughs> and then I get to go on like in my fundraising kind of like thing and get to go, you know, we are doing so much for uh, trafficking. Um, we have a survivor advisory board and, and Rachel Pointer is on that. And so um, she's a survivor leader in our community. And, and so she's serving on that, on that advisory board. And, and so basically we're awesome. We're basically awesome. Okay. Barf. <laughs> right. And I remember having this conversation, which was like, okay, everybody's doing survivor led advisory boards. I don't know a ton about trafficking. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should just sort of follow suit. And then it was like, it was very clear. We were going to be asking people to come to part, to be part of a meeting using their time, which we were going to pay them for. Um, but to get together, talk about their experience, connect on it, make recommendations on how we could improve our services. And then we were actually had no vehicle to be able to implement anything that was really outside of our grant or outside of funding or outside of what was tolerable in the community or the history of our agency. You know, so if the survivor led advisory board says the best thing you could be doing is not requiring people to go to therapy and pay their rent for six months so people can get stable. Is that going to be something we're going to be able to do? Well, no, the, the agency would be like, well, no, we don't have the money for that. And we're not paying six months. You know what I mean? Um, what a waste of time and talk about exploiting someone so that I look good. Cause then I get to go, you know, anyway, you, I, you know, this song and dance, but my point was like 45, well, gosh, it's been now 90 seconds ago was <laughs> things that piss me off <laughs> related to survive the term survivor led. So do you have one of what pisses you off since that was in a note somewhere that we were supposed to be talking about? Okay. So that story that you just talked about this pseudo fictitious, but it's so like, I've encountered it so many times to like jump off of that. Someone will get wind of, and I say someone because this happens multiple times. It's not like a one thing. Someone will get wind of the fact that I'm serving on an advisory board, quote unquote, or like participating in a community group to like provide feedback as a survivor. And then they will say, oh, um, hey, is uh, what are you actually doing with that? 
And so I'll tell them, well, right now, we're not sure where it's going, but we're just kind of getting into the conversation and seeing, you know, like what kind of input we can actually provide to the organization or the agency or this particular process that we're working on. And then we'll have to come up with a plan for like what happens with that information after the fact. Knowing full good and damn well that nothing's going to happen after the fact, but at the same time, like sometimes you really just don't know where it's going to go until you start digging into it. So there's that tension, right? Well, I'm so glad that you're involved in this project. I've got a project that's exactly the same that I'd love to have you involved in. And see what had happened was we had this survivor advisory team before and they gave us all these great suggestions and we put it in a great pamphlet and we handed it off to the board and the board voted and decided that what we were going to do is change the images on our on our branding so that it was quote unquote less exploitive. And now we don't know why no one is responding and we're still having the same problems serving survivors we had before. So what pisses me off about that whole thing, and like literally this happens all the time, is I just got done having a conversation with you around how I'm part of this thing that you're also part of, that we're not sure where it's going. And now you want to say, hey, we did this already. It went nowhere. (laughs) And we don't know why nothing changed. Okay. So you want me to sit there and do all of the same work. You want me to drag through all of the things that I've been through and pull out little wisdom nuggets for you and drop them in your lap. Whether I'm being compensated or not is never part of the conversation, oddly enough. You want me to drop all those gold nuggets in your lap and then just kind of be cool if it doesn't go anywhere. As if it's enough of an action plan for you to just get a gold nugget. That's ridiculous. And I think like the last conversation that we had was around like intention and impact, right? I don't know what your intention is. I can come up with an awful lot of intentions that it seems like your intention are when you do things like that. I know that wasn't a grammatically correct sentence, but you get where I'm going. I can come up with a lot of things. I don't know actually what your intentions are in that space, but to me, how it comes across is you don't give two shits what I actually think or how it actually will impact me or anybody else that I'm like have a relationship with or partner with. You want my name so that you look good. You want my my experience title so that you look good and the rest of us be damned. And that pisses me off because you will say to my face, we don't exploit people. We're in, we are in the business of uh, holding hope for folks. Mm -hmm. We're in the Mm -hmm. business of creating space so that people can heal. Mm -hmm. No, you're not. No, you're If you are, you're not doing this shit. So now I'm mad. (laughs) See, things that piss us off. Like it's so scary to, to say I'm angry about this Mm -hmm. or this pisses me off um, because often that's used against you. It's usually what gets you shut down. Anger, I mean, that's how we set boundaries, right? That's how we demonstrate what we care about. To say, you know, here's the, well, here's the line. So, so things that piss us off, right, are <laughs> like, you know, legit, like a boundary. Like this isn't okay. This isn't where we're going, and this is what we're changing, and we have to get kind of angry about yeah. it. Yeah, I was thinking earlier. You mentioned all the 
kind of things that that people like their impact intention versus impact and their intention is to look good their intention is to tie their organization to your expertise you know and their intention is to meet a grant obligation right yes um and that how important that intention versus impact conversation is because if your impact is I want to build programs that survivors will feel safe coming to, I want to build a program that survivors needs are met based on their individual experiences and not siloed buckets, right? If that's the impact that you want to have as a result of consulting and hiring and giving people decision-making power, that's easy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that is, that is A plus B equals C, right? Yeah. I want to know how to get survivors to feel safe in my program. Oh, well, I'll ask somebody who's utilized these types of programs because they have a shared exploitation. Mm-hmm. And then I'll make sure that I <laughs> I put it into place, right? <laughs> like, Do something with it. <laughs> and then we have this impact, right? And how we can so see through when you're actually more in com- more comfortable with your intention. Mm-hmm. And you never had the the reason to have the impact anyway. Hence, the let's get a survivor advisory board together to meet so we can put it on our pamphlet that we have a survivor advisory board, right? Yeah. But we never have any intention of actually implementing any of the suggestions or guidance that is provided by the survivory the survivor advisory board. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I think that there is a place for an advisory board. However, you cannot have an advisory board if you do not have a way to implement and then also find space within your organization where those people can filter in and not just Mm -hmm. on the outside to be on the inside to actually provide meaningful input and structure and and leadership within your organization. There are organizations that could absolutely use an advisory board to help them figure out how unsafe their organization is and fix that so that Mm -hmm. it's safe for survivors to come in and begin doing the work from the inside. You know, I think that there's a a place for that. But what we see most commonly is just like we were talking about, like you brought up, like this, it's an afterthought group. And that's like a stamp of Mm -hmm. approval or, um, you know, it's the gold sticker on the chart. And instead of, we know there's some stuff going on here, we don't know what, and right now it's not safe for us to bring people into this space. So we kind of need to know like what we need to look for so we can break it down. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a totally different thing. And we don't see that very often. I am in some of those, but they're, they're not very common. (laughs) Right. Well, I liked the way, um, we had the statewide task force set up towards the end, um, and I guess I wasn't on the survivor subcommittee, but how I thought it was working, and it felt really empowering and wise, so, so tell me if I just got, like, the intention on the outside and not really how it impacted, but the idea that, that pretty universally we were running everything through as a final step through the survivor um, committee, so... Each committee did their work, made some decisions based on the law, based on people's role, based on funding, based on, you know, whatever, and put together messaging, put together training curriculum, put together, you know, ways of approaching different situations. And then the final step um, before voting for approval was to run through the survivor subcommittee. Yeah. And 
that's a way that, that we, we honor everybody's strengths and experience, right? Mm-hmm. We allow law enforcement to, on the law enforcement subcommittee to do their thing, right? Yep. And then our final kind of checkpoint is to say, now I want a group of people who actually will be impacted by these laws, who know people impacted by these laws or these decisions, or who, who could personally relate to this situation. Tell me I'm on the right track. Yeah. This is yeah. what we should be doing. Yeah. And, and I, mean, I thought that was a really cool setup. Yeah, it was. And it was it was pretty intentional. And actually, this is something we don't talk about hardly ever is one of the intentions and reasons why we did it that way was so that not all survivors who wanted to have impact had to be known to everyone. Mm-hmm. Because uh, yeah. otherwise, you would have to out yourself in a group um, as quote unquote, the survivor in the space, right. Um, and And that really allowed us to have a broader conversation with survivors who um, didn't have access to coming to that space, weren't comfortable being public, um, may have had poor experiences with some of the committee members, um, but could still have meaningful impact in that space um, and could provide real feedback on that. Or, you know, and I think that was I think there were still things we could have we could have done, obviously, but I think that that wasn't a fairly ideal way to do it because you continuously ran that loop. The survivor committee gave lots of feedback and and information and ideas around like what we should be doing overall. Each subcommittee took those things, ran with it, and then filtered it right back through. And I, I mean, I think that that's. Like if you're going to have that kind of a, especially like a statewide multi-discipline, like true multidisciplinary situation going on, I think that's, that's a great way to do it. I probably had something to do with that happening. So I'm not just tooting mm-hmm. my own horn, but I'm just saying like, I no, think it was awesome to do it because then you have all of that. You have all of those. Yeah. And how cool to be able to have an avenue and like a vehicle for survivors to be able to provide input and to to have contribution, which is all part of building resiliency and making meaning out of your experience and contributing to the lives of others based on your experience is, is how that resiliency piece is built. But being able to do that without having to take on the full announcement as a survivor, without having to be public on documents as a survivor, that you get to really get to have your impact input in a way that's comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. And have, I mean, that's, that's a really cool and wise. So that's awesome. I wish we would do more of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just wish, I, I wish we were, we were forward thinking enough, like in the way that we do, especially like coordinated efforts and, and things that are, that involve more than one agency. I think I wish we were forward thinking enough to pour resources into something like that um, being being more widely available and usable. I mean, you know, when we're talking about doing a lot of this work is, that we're talking about is doing in Nebraska and Nebraska has a very, not very odd, but slightly odd geographic situation going on where there's a large population on one end of the state and then the rest of the state is fairly like sprinkled out in rural, right? Mm-hmm. And when you when you think about just geographically trying to make sure that folks who have experienced being trafficked or exploited like have ways that they can impact more than one specific organization or agency or more than one specific 
service, making sure that we have that infrastructure in place to do that. I haven't seen a lot of a lot of action towards continuing that kind of work to make sure that that piece is in place. Um, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think we undervalued it at the time. Like even even those of <laughs> even those of us who were part of it, to be honest, undervalued that piece at the time and now wish like we still had that vehicle. Um, mm-hmm. Even though many of us are still very involved, there really isn't that same vehicle to involve folks who don't want to be publicly named. I guess I I'm thoughtful of like how you could actually sort of operationalize survivor input and impact and decision-making, whether you have a little program um, or a little project, like you're doing a screening of a movie and you want survivors on the panel um, to larger organizations that all they do is serve survivors. And so as you, you were talking about the ways that we want um, reflect on that survivors at all stages of, of healing and growth have something to contribute. And it's our responsibility to set up systems that allow people to be able to contribute with where they're at, mm-hmm. right? Like, wow, what if we all operationalized that? And then we all operationalize the idea that um, our timelines and, the, and our budgets were a little bit different because the most important step in our process when we decided to make agency change on services and we decided to add a new program or we decided to end something always went through a survivor led decision making seal of approval advisory board. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And because, you know, in, in logistics wise, what does that mean? That means that if my grants due in six weeks, I need to actually have it done in two. So I give my survivory led <laughs> survivory, survivor led advisory decision making influence my my program really important step in my process a month to review my documents, to give me feedback, to make the changes, right? And that changes business. That changes business. And so if we're serious about it, if we really want to be accountable to the words on our website, the words on our pamphlets and all these things that we are survivor-led, that's really how you do that, right? You operationalize it. You anticipate um, the change in timelines, the change in funding, um, because it's so important to you that the end step is – Someone who has this personal experience, this shared exploitation says, yeah, I really think there's some people who could benefit from this. Mm -hmm. So the other piece that comes, like, we're talking about these things. The other, the other thing is adjusting our position descriptions and our jobs, the way we do job stuff to make sure we're making room for folks who may or may not have the quote unquote right education elements, like wherever we can to make sure that we are creating spaces that folks with lived experience can step into. Um, For example, if you don't actually need a master's degree for that position, please stop putting on your requirements that you need that. You're looking for a specific type of person, not a specific type of education, right? If you're looking for somebody who has the ability to think through a certain perspective Talk about what you need, what that person should be able to speak to, as opposed to you need to have a bachelor's degree in nonprofit leadership 
I don't know if that's even a thing. I totally made it up. It is like a certification. That yeah, you- I just totally was like, what's the most ludicrous thing you can think of? That's a whole so other great. problem we have to discuss, right? But like, can we make adjustments to the way that we do those things? Your hiring processes, your training, your onboarding, like really it all starts, it all starts with who's within your organization, right? And like how you lead that space and who's mm-hmm. on your board yeah. and, and how do you thoughtfully engage folks, whether they have lived experience in that area or not, but thoughtfully engage folks so that they understand who it is you're actually trying to serve, why you're trying to serve them. And some of the things that you're going to have to think differently about because you're trying to serve those particular people. And we have to think about the whole entire thing differently. And we can't just say, well, we have a feedback survey and a survivor advisory board. So we are survivor led. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's yeah. not how it works. And when you break it out, it sounds so ludicrous. It's it's like, duh, of course, that's not how that works. But when you get lost in the middle of grants and fear that comes from shaking the boat and um, what society is trying to tell you about who's good at what, not to mention the messages around like survivors being so frail and fragile, they can't possibly be trusted enough to walk into this space and be a powerhouse, right? Like, mm-hmm. or that survivors are only worth their story. It can be really hard to think about some of those other pieces. Mm-hmm. We got to hire you. know, if you allow impact, what the impact is, right? That you're right. willing to say out loud, right? If the impact is, I hope we have a whole bunch of money and can put on a grant report that um, we served, you know, 10% more clients than we did last year. Like just own that, that that's, yes. that that's where you're at. But if your impact is, I want to make decisions that, that are, you know, change the way survivors experience my services or this experience. And so I need advice and guidance from someone who has experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like these things will fall into line, right? Timelines will change. You know, what you were just saying reminded me of um, when we had our, our guest Aubrey on and the look at representation as exploitation, Mm-hmm. And in the area of trafficking, when exploitation is is part of every single human being's experience within that crime um, as a victim is, and then we have these systems that invite you to be at the table for your story, right? Um, yeah. This yeah. tokenism that happens. I look better if you are here. I don't really care what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And being being willing to look at how damaging that is, but also how it's kind of mirroring. And I know we have an episode on this on being a trafficker. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's actually an upcoming episode that we're going to talk about is how yeah. like service service providers, direct service staff systems can actually behave just like a trafficker. And when you use um, survivor led as representation and it is exploitation, you are actually becoming the trafficker, right? And then we wonder why people don't trust our systems, right? Like, (laughs) oh, this is super familiar. This is transactional. Only a piece of me matters in this situation, right? In order for me to get services, I need to, right? And 
I'm going to tell you that you're here for, for this reason, but I'm actually going to use you um, so that I get what I want and really have no interest in you getting what you need, right? Yeah. Like yeah. we could put those exact things on a pamphlet for anti-trafficking. Thank you for witnessing today's conversation on The Vanderpoint. Jessica and Rachel hope you will join them next time as they continue engaging in this critical work. 